listening to Liberty Lighthouse. Join the conversation now. Call or text 64-MY-RIGHTS. That's 646-974-4487. Welcome to the Liberty Lighthouse. Uh, please use that phone number, that 64-MY-RIGHTS phone number. Call or text. Love your input. Feedback is always good. Today, we are going to talk about, well, mission creep. Or, you know, the boil a frog scenario or the slippery slope, whatever you want to call it. The thing that, that conservatives are accused of being conspiracy theorists whenever we use it as an argument. And the left just ignores that it even exists. Now, we, often we talk about this in one particular, you know, situation. So I thought, hey, why not spend an hour talking about six or eight of the situations where it has actually happened and kind of prove its existence? But I don't think I could do that alone. So I have Stephen Airy of Defenders Live with us today. And uh, he's going to help us out. So why don't we just jump right in? You have just entered the Liberty Lighthouse, where we cut through the fog of politics with common sense and logic. Coming to you from Pennsylvania, the state of independence. And now, here he is. Author of the book, Progress, Really? U.S. Navy Veteran and your host, Peter Serafin. So, Stephen Airy, welcome to the Liberty Lighthouse. Oh, thanks for having me, man. Uh, you know, as you're aware, I got to sit in in your stead while you were out of town on Defenders Live, and uh, now you get to, you know, be here with me. Yeah, how was that, by the way? Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, I, I just, I, I don't think we stayed anywhere near the topics that, uh, Dylan may have had in mind. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds just about right for our show. I, I love your show. Your, your show is like this wonderful combination of news and hilarity. And my show is very little hilarity. So I'm, I'm okay. not sure how this is going to work with you. I think it'll be just fine. We would, uh, I, I always come in and set the bar very low. Uh, you bring me in as, a, as the comic relief and the side. And I hope that by the end of it, people understand that, you know, sometimes you have to play a comic, but you have to know what you're talking about, too. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the, the best comedy is, is the best because it's true. It's real facts. Mm-hmm. Okay, so just, um, I think it was two or Two days ago. Or so. Oh, by the way, we're recording on Thursday, if anybody out there cares. Uh, happy Constitution Day. Happy Constitution Day. <laughs> I, I, I wake up every September 17th, and I plaster that all over Facebook and stuff like that. <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> so, Happy Constitution Day. We're here. We're going to talk about that whole mission creep idea. And I, I actually have four phrases that I think fall into this. And just a couple of days ago... You and Dylan were t on uh, Defenders Live were talking about something, and I don't remember what the topic was, but you used the slippery slope argument. Mm -hmm. and, yep. and that I had already decided at that point I was going to use this topic. So we got the slippery slope. Other names for it, of course, are the boiling a frog. How do you boil a frog? Right. You, you start out in cold water and you slowly turn up the temperature. Right, because the frog will just sit there and swim around and doesn't even realize he's being cooked until it's too late. 
And then mission creep. We all know what mission creep is. You, you, you're given mission A, but very shortly thereafter, you have mission A through Q uh, added to your agenda. And the one that I find interesting, I came up with this idea the other day, and this, is, this might offend some people, but if you're offended by this, you shouldn't be listening to my show. I really think that the progressive movement is grooming the American people much like a pedophile grooms its victims. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you, you, you mentioned that the other day, and I, I thought it was funny because the stories that we were talking about, where we're talking about the creeping on and the, the boiling the frog and the slippery slope and all the rest of it, was actually on pedophilia. Yes, yes it was. <laughs> um, so I've got two, four, seven. Hey, what was that? That wasn't me. No, that was me. Uh, apparently <laughs> the, the phone that I just recently completely wiped and used just for my soundboard needs software updates. Um, nice. <laughs> anyway, I've got uh, two, four, six, seven examples that I want to talk about. But there was something that happened recently that does not fit this topic that I really, really need to talk about. Okay, what's that? You know I'm a mailman, right? Well, I mean, your name is Postal Pete. So, yeah, I, I kind of assumed. Yes, yes, I, I am Postal Pete on Twitter for those that don't follow me. Um, I, you know, mail-in voting. Here in Pennsylvania, we have gone and uh, allowed anybody who wants to to request a mail-in ballot or an absentee ballot. Uh-huh, yes. So, in the last week, I picked up, I don't know, let's say a dozen uh, requests for absentee ballots out of people's mailboxes. Mm-hmm. Um, what's really interesting about them is they're not in an envelope. They're a postcard. Sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorry, what? It's a postcard. A uh, no. Yeah, one side is, you know, no. to, to the elections office, and the other side is where you fill in all your information. No. You want to no. hear what fun information is on this thing? It's, it's too much information. Way too much information. It is actually... Everything that you need, not to steal your vote, but to steal your identity, to wipe you out financially, to rob you of your house. It is everything you need. Yeah, no, that's not good. Yeah, that's no. Uh-uh. It's got your full name, including your middle initial and, and or suffixes, your date of birth, your phone uh-huh. number, your email yeah. address. Yeah. Your physical address, uh-huh. how long you have lived there. I don't even give this, uh, this sort of information to the census. <laughs> I'm not done. Your driver's license number. Uh-huh. And the last four digits of your social security number. Yeah, no, that's not happening. And, of course, you have to sign it. So now I have a copy of your signature, too, if I'm a crook. If you're a crook. Which we're all very happy that you're not, since you pick up the mail. Yeah, I, I saw that, and I oh, I so wanted to take a picture of it and like pla- you know blur out the name and stuff, of course, and like plaster uh-huh. it all over the internet. But um, right, I, well, you do understand that uh, you do understand that this is still a slippery slope argument. Yeah, I, I, it is. It's just not one I had planned on talking about. I already spent an hour on mail-in voting <laughs> twice. So let's get off of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so 
So yeah, I, I saw that and I wanted to take a picture of it, but th- that would get me fired. So yes, I, I didn't right. take a picture of it. I I wrote down what the fields were on one of them because oh my god, that's craziness. That's not good. No, no, that that that's bad stuff. Oh, uh, that that makes me worry about Pennsylvania. Oh I oh I let me tell you about worrying for Pennsylvania. You know what? I I, uh, I earlier today I, I recorded a thank you message to uh, to Governor Wolf. It's um, it's like three minutes long, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but um, I think I want to play it. And since we're talking about Pennsylvania and mail-in voting, do you mind? No, please go right ahead. I'd like to take a moment to thank Governor Wolf for his leadership during this pandemic. Thank you for keeping COVID out of our nursing home. Wait. You didn't do that. You forced it into the nursing homes. I'll skip to the next one. Thank you for protecting small business. Sorry, my bad. You didn't do that either. You restricted small businesses to the point of closure and financial ruin while allowing box stores or those businesses chosen arbitrarily to remain open. The damage to the economy will be felt quite some time. Uh, Let's move on. Thank you for making sure our unemployed workers were able to receive their benefits. Stop. Hold on. I forgot. The unemployment compensation system is broken. It's a disaster. Some people still haven't received anything. Well, this isn't as easy as I thought it would be. (sighs) Thank you for being ever-present to deal with... Wait, what? You haven't been in Harrisburg? Our representatives haven't been able to reach you or meet with you? Where are you? Where have you been? Thank you for leading by example. Oh, sorry. Can't use this one. While everyone else was being told that me and my shadow was too big of a gathering, you were leading a march through the streets. I understand it was for something that you felt strongly about, so I guess it's okay. And I really thought this would be easier. Thank you for common sense travel restrictions. Oh, good lord. That's right, some states are bad. Shouldn't go there, unless it's a huge hot spot that happens to be where your good buddy sits in office, New York and New Jersey. Then no worries. Thank you for using science to establish restaurant guidelines. Ah, dang it! Can't use this one either. Still trying to find the study that alcohol without the accompaniment of a meal is a sure way to contract COVID. Or having alcohol after 10 p.m. Or not wearing a mask to walk to your table. Or eating inside. Or serving at 30% capacity instead of 25% of capacity. Or, or, etc. I'm sorry, Mr. Wolf. I really am trying. You're not making it very easy. Thank you for working with the legislature to get things... What? The legislature? Who's that? I'm sure you met them. The folks who were elected by each district to represent them? To work with you to oversee the state? So you don't have to rule like a dictator? Doesn't ring a bell? Okay, then. I thought for sure I had one this time. Listen, clearly I was too optimistic when I started this thought. I'll try to 
think things through before I start another conversation. At least we have sports. We can enjoy watching a couple hours of high school athletics with family and friends and forget all of the craziness for a short Seriously, this is getting ridiculous. Yeah. That's a that, that's quite a list. <laughs> Governor Wolf is not on my top ten. Uh, I uh, yeah okay <laughs> I can understand that. But really, that's a list. Like wow. Well, you know, we are one of the four states being investigated by the DOJ for forcing COVID positive patients into nursing homes. Yeah, you, New York. <laughs> yep. Yep. A couple of other locations. You know, nothing big. 70% of the death in Pennsylvania has been in those nursing homes. That's just crazy. Well, you know, they're trying to get rid of the old people because, you know, money. Well, that, and they vote, They typically vote Republican. <laughs> okay. Should we actually talk about the uh, reason that I had you call? Sure, yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, a couple of weeks ago, I, t- I, I talked about the Department of Education. I spent an hour on the Department of Education, the DOED. And let's see, in 1867, the first Department of Education was created. And in 1868, uh-huh. it was downgraded to the Office of Education. You know why? No, but um, if it's in the 1800s, I'm pretty sure it makes a lot more sense than it would nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Um, the lawmakers in 1868 decided that a cabinet-level Department of Education was too powerful. That is correct. So they downgraded it to an office of education. And, oh, by the way, its original purpose in 1867, Uh just to gather statistics across the states about primary and secondary school education. Right. All they had to do was just verify the information, make sure that, you know, just just so people would know the stats, so people could see it. Yep, that was it. And they, did, they, wanted, uh, they, they wanted America to be educated, but they wanted the local government and or the people to educate their own, cho- their own children. Exactly. And I can't remember the year, but it was within a few years, like before 1870, Colleges and universities had been added underneath the umbrella to to gather their information as well. So yeah. That, okay. So that that's a little bit more information, but nothing really going on. No. But that was that was the first little tiny bit of mission creep there. Yeah. Yeah. That's the mission creep for sure. Okay. So if we flash forward, say, I don't know, eighty years to mm-hmm. to the nineteen fifties. Right. Yeah, their budget just really started to grow. Well, that's kind of weird. It doesn't make any sense if all you're doing is collecting data. Right, right. Um, you, I'm sure you're aware of, remember Common Core in 2010? Oh, do I remember Common Core in 2010? I have young children. <laughs> okay. Um, why does the Department of Education have anything to do with what your children are fed for lunch? They shouldn't, because that's not part of education. No, it's it's not, is it? Hmm. It's part of the Department of Education, though. That's part of the funding that they give out. You that's, know, the, that's weird. Maybe, that's maybe they just need to find jobs for the 4,000 people that work at the Federal Department of Education. 
way. They have 4,000 people at the uh, Federal Department of Education? Yeah, 4,000 employees. So, they do it. And um, their budget? Okay. Uh-huh. $68 billion a year. Okay, so $68 billion, you have how many people? 4,000. 4,000 people. 4,000 and 68, how much? B, billion. B with the Bs, the billions with the Bs. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, anybody want to do the math on how that, how that works out? Because that budget doesn't make sense. That, that... Well, no, that's because a lot of that budget goes back to the states to fund the schools in your states. Oh, right, right, because the states can't fund their own schooling anymore. Well, no, they can't. Oh, it, that actually brings me to the next topic, but I got one more point about the DOE, DOA before I go on. Okay. The, the $68 billion of their annual uh-huh. budget, that mm-hmm. does not include what they give out in student loans and grants. When did they get into the loan business? Uh, when when uh, student loans were federalized. So when it, when it became uh, backed by the FDIC. Yes. So it, it it was backed by the FDIC, which is an insurance agency that's owned by the federal government, and then because of that, the Department of Education is the one that dictates who does and does not get those loans and grants. Yeah, pretty much. <sighs> Oh, that's, no, that's not good. What do you think the chances are that the, uh, you know, the criteria for getting one of these federal loans and grants is is heavily on the likelihood of your success? Uh, It's not, well, okay, hold on. Based on your success of the grants? No. The success of of earning a degree and having a career afterwards. Oh, no, 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 none of them. None of them. They're, they're not about the grants and the loans, especially the ones that are backed by the FDIC, have nothing to do with you actually learning anything. So what's the point of that other $130 billion a year, then? It's so that you can go into debt oh. and owe, owe the federal government for the rest of your life. Oh, so, like, if I wanted to start a small business, I had to go to my yep. bank. Right. And not only do I have to, you know, have decent credit, yeah, but I uh-huh. have to present them with a business plan that shows that at least some likelihood that this business will be successful. Yes, yes, of course. Uh-huh, yes. But That's if, how I, it works. If, if I want to go to college, all I have to do is go enroll and they'll give me money to do it? Uh, 90% of the time, yes, you are correct. They, wow. will, they will loan you out. They will loan you the money um, at, uh, at huge interest rates. And make sure that, and, oh, oh, by the way, remember, remember, if you're a federal or a state employee, after 20 years, you no longer have to pay it anymore. Oh, nice. I didn't know that. I, I'm a federal so it, employee. It, Maybe I should go to college finally. Well, yeah, this is indentured servitude. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Talk about mission creep. We went from just verifying something to full-on slavery Using income. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's um, funny how that works. It is. But, you know, the slippery slope is a conspiracy theory. But I digress. Exactly. <laughs> oh, you know what? I have a bell upstairs I was going to bring down just to make you feel more comfortable. 
And I oh, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I completely understand. The bell, the bell thing is a good carryover, but you don't have to have one. <laughs> um, okay, so where does the Department of Education get this $200 billion a year? Oh. That goes into the next segment or the next topic point. That would be. That's a good question because they don't actually have the money. Oh, no, they don't. But it, it, what it was trying to bring up is, is the federal income tax. How long? Oh, you, you mean the thing that only like 40% of the actual, uh, the actual base of uh, population pays for? Yeah, I, somewhere about that, yeah. I thought it was closer to 50%, but it's definitely not all. <laughs> definitely not all. And when you add on progressive income tax, yeah, no. Uh, the reason why I say 40% is because technically that first 60% of people get most of their money back. Right. And that's not... Uh, if you're getting a refund and you put money into the federal government, you're still not getting back what you paid into it. Or you're getting, or you're getting more than what you paid into it yeah. because you don't make enough money and they're paying you out of somebody else's money that they paid. Which should never happen. Nobody should ever have a negative tax rate. That that just drives me absolutely bonkers. And of course, our progressive friends would say that that's a myth and that doesn't really happen, even though I've personally met people that, you know. Um, so I, I'm, going to, uh, I'm going to state right here on your show, um, I am a... Uh, single-income household, father of four, I make less than $100,000 a year, so I don't pay federal taxes. Good for you. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is not a good thing. Like, I'm saying this not, not as a gloat. It's not a good thing. I, I understand. You're, you're pointing out that the system is broken. Right. For me personally, it is wonderful. But for the system in general, it is not a good thing. Okay. Well, this system was designed in 1913, right? Mm Mm-hmm. President Woodrow Wilson put in the 1% and 2% income tax rates, one for these, you know, upper middle class people. Right, right, right. And 2% for the filthy, stinking rich people. Yeah, didn't it... um... Talk about mission creep on that one, or <laughs> this is this was a big jump. Uh, World War One was it? World War One when when the income tax jumped to almost like ninety percent. Oh yeah, I didn't know where you were going with that because I was I would my brain was still back on the President Woodrow Wilson said that the income tax would never rise above two percent. Yeah, it would never rise up above two percent, and it's only temporary. Right. Right. And oh, um, the, basically, you know, in modern today dollars, it, the, the uh-huh. cutoff was roughly 70 grand a year. If, if you made less than 70 grand a year, you didn't have to pay federal income tax. Right, because you don't make enough money. Right. That was you know, the idea. Um, do you happen to know what step number two in Karl Marx's Communist Manifesto is? You know, it's been about 15 years since I read that, so no. Uh, I'm pretty sure step number two is to institute a uh, a progressive income tax. Huh? Pretty funny. Yeah. That's a 
a rather long-term goal. Yeah. I'm just saying. So... 1913, they institute this progressive income tax that will never arise above 22%. And last year, I paid 20%. I'm sorry. I make less than $100,000. Yep. But I paid 20%. Yep. If that isn't a slippery slope, I don't know what is. Never go above 2%, 20%. Oh, and it was 22 before the... Trump tax cuts. So anybody who says that middle class people don't get a break, uh, they're lying. <laughs> you got a break. I, I did. You did. Hey, you know what? Our first segment's almost over. What? Yeah, we're out of time already. I love how fast these things run. I, I hear music. We'll be back in like, you know, two minutes. You're listening to Liberty Lighthouse on Mojo 5 Radio. Hi, I'm Peter Serafine, host of the Liberty Lighthouse on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. I got my start in politics when I got so frustrated with progressive society that I wrote a short book. Progress? Really? My book is a quick look at the past, current, and future state of progressive culture and progressive government. I urge every liberty-loving American to read Progress? Really? Pick up your copy for less than $5 by clicking the Books tab at liberty-lighthouse.com. What do you need? I mean, really need to protect yourself and your family. A home security system? A big scary dog? A gun? If you're committed to protecting your family, and we know you are, even a reliable firearm falls short of what you need. To keep your loved ones safe today, tomorrow, and every day, you need access to life-saving resources that will help you survive any threat and the legal battle that comes after. That's why the USCCA gives law-abiding people like you the self-defense training, knowledge, and legal protection they need to help ensure the safety of their family and future. Discover what the United States Concealed Carry Association can do for you and your family by visiting uscca.com slash mojo five oh great just what we need another cranky old man broadcasting from a bunker in his basement yeah that's right lady i'm a cranky old man broadcasting from a bunker in my basement tough get over it um i've been doing this this little show here for just shy of a year. It'll be a year at the end of this month. And to celebrate, on September 30th, I'm pulling a name from a hat. And you can get the item of your choice from the Liberty Lighthouse store when I pull your name from that hat. How do you get your name into the hat, you may ask? Well, you become a financial supporter of the Liberty Lighthouse. For 99 cents a month, you get your name on that list. I pull a name from that list. The fun part about this is, I probably shouldn't tell you this, on October 1st, you can cancel... And it only cost you 99 cents to get on the list. Insider information. Uh, Steven. Yeah. Why don't we, uh, since the first one flew by so quick, why don't we do some sponsor stuff now so that uh, we don't get to the end and go, oh, crap, we didn't talk about sponsors. That's probably a good idea. Yeah. I don't have, like, a set. You guys do a really good job of, like, right when you come back from the second break, you talk about your websites. And, you know, like, you... The Defenders Live we, seems to have their really, stuff together. No. <laughs> 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 yeah, right. That's, 
Look, uh, look, I'm going to get off the phone with you here, and then I'm going to jet to my to my house and set up the studio, prep for the show, and be ready within like 20 minutes. No, we don't. No, no. <laughs> uh, all right, I've got two pre-recorded commercials here, USCCA or Patriot Energy. Which one do you want? I'll do the USCCA. Okay. This is the one I was uh, just finishing up when you called. What do you need? I mean, really need to protect your family and yourself. A home security system? A big scary dog? A gun? If you're committed to protecting your family, and we know you are, even a reliable firearm falls short of what you need. To keep your loved ones safe today, tomorrow, and every day, you need access to life-saving resources that will help you survive any threat and the legal battle that comes after. That's why the USCCA gives law-abiding people like you the self-defense training, knowledge, and legal protection they need to help ensure the safety of their family and their future. Discover what the United States Concealed Carry Association can do for you and your family by visiting uscca.com slash mojo50. I actually was aware of the USCCA before they became a sponsor. I was as well. Um, actually, I almost became a member before they became a sponsor. Me too. Um, I still get emails from them, and uh, I haven't yet become a member, but now that they're a sponsor, I, I kind of feel obligated. It kind of makes me feel like I should. Yeah. And, and it's a good program. Yeah, I know they do a great job. Uh, not only their legal advice and all the rest of it, but uh, the training and everything that they have available to them. It's amazing what they can provide. Um, if you if you are a person that hasn't had uh, concealed carry training, if you're a person that is looking to protect yourself and your family, they're definitely one of the top people to go to to make sure that you have the right information, especially for your state to state areas. Yeah, well, I like the fact. I mean, if if you have to pull a weapon and defend yourself, there's a really good chance that you're going to go to jail. Even if it's just short term. You're, I mean, right. look at the McCloskeys. Yes. They got arrested for standing on their front lawn. And they didn't even shoot anybody. Um, and, and the USCCA, like, they put the bail money up and get you lawyers, and it's just awesome. Yep, they do a great job. So where do we leave off? Uh, federal income tax. Do you think we did enough with federal income tax? Well, I mean, if you consider the federal income tax and how everything is going to go, and uh, yeah, yeah, I think we did because we're we're now uh, we're now onto the point of the second point of slavery um, leading to socialism. So yeah, uh, I think we got it. <laughs> okay, um, I want to talk a little bit about where that money goes. Okay. So prior to 1913, prior to the federal income tax, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we there were roads in America, weren't there? There were some, yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hospitals? Yeah. Uh, yes, yes, Colleges? mainly, yes, also, uh, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Um, so, where does this money go? The f do you know your local government, your county government, your state government, you know, they all have budgets, right? Yes, every single one of them. Yeah, do you know the average across our nation, 30% of the state, local, and county government's budgets are made up by federal grants? Really? Yeah. Well, so that does kind of make sense. Okay. Explain it to me, because it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, okay. Take uh, California, for example. 
Okay. Yeah. So with California, California, um, obviously, they're a very rich state, right? Well, until a couple of weeks ago, yeah. Well, by rich, I mean they technically have a huge GDP. Okay. Or they should. Yep. They should. Well, given the fact that they have or should have a huge GDP, and yet every single politician makes sure that they always, always use more money than what is allotted them so that next year they can get a higher budget cut, kind of makes sense to me why the federal government has to grant money to your state. What doesn't make sense to me is just the added level of bureaucracy. We have all of these people at the IRS that are collecting this money just to have it divvied back out to the states and local governments. Why can't the state and local governments just collect it themselves? Because it would look bad on the state and local governments if they raised your taxes too much. Yeah, but if they weren't being funded by the federal government, then our federal tax rate could go down, right? Yes, our federal tax rate could go down, sure. But no, they would never go down because of that. <laughs> ah, okay. Uh, that, that's, that's, that's very high-minded of you. <laughs> <laughs> I try. You know, the tagline of the show is cutting through the fog of politics with common sense and logic. Mm. You know, sometimes common sense and logic just don't cut the fog. They just, you stab and stab and stab, but no cuts are made. Yeah. <laughs> It, it just doesn't work. Hot knife through butter does not hear. No, no. Hey, you know, we just talked about the UC, USCCA. Oh, uh, yes, we did. Do you think there might be a little bit of a slippery slope when it comes to gun laws? Might be. <laughs> might be? I, I'm going to take that as a yes. Uh, yeah, we did an entire show on just how many gun laws there are in America. <laughs> did you use the 20,000 number from the, the 1980s, Reagan? No. Okay. We used we used the most current numbers we could find, which was like 2015. And what 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 was the total number? What'd you get? Uh, state laws. Uh, state laws. Just it, just just overall, there was over like 200 some odd thousand laws uh, laws against guns. Yeah. And gun rights and gun usage in the United States of America. Yeah. 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 When was the first federal gun law? Uh, technically, the first federal gun law was the the Second Amendment. Yeah, okay. I'll give you that. <laughs> when was the first one after the Second Amendment? Oh, I have no clue. 1934. <laughs> oh, oh, wow, we're all coinciding around the 1920s, 1930s. That big progressive era that happened <gasps> right around that time. Really? I had never yeah. made that that con- I can't even say that without laughing. Yes, I had made that connection. <laughs> okay, so the first gun law, the first federal gun laws were nineteen was nineteen thirty four, um, uh-huh. and basically it imposed a tax to transfer a firearm, and yeah. and banned machine guns. <laughs> and now you have people today, even on Republic Republican, even on the conservative side of things, the true conservative side of things, that will say, oh, but machine guns aren't actually that good for people. You shouldn't be allowed to have them. Sorry, right. what? Yeah. Um, they've been illegal for guns? a long time. Right, but who can have them? Collectors. Hollywood. And? And? Uh, government. That's right. Whatever the government can have, technically, 
the citizenry should be allowed to have. Are you saying that the words shall not be infringed might apply? Uh, uh, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Shall not be infringed uh, means that you shouldn't have to show a license to, to go get a gun. You shouldn't have to, like, none of these laws that shall not be infringed. That's an infringement. Okay, I agree. I mean, to prove yourself a citizen is one thing. I got you there. If you have to show your license to say, yes, I'm an American citizen, okay. You mean like when you go voting? Like when you go vote, yeah, that's right. <laughs> or when you go smoke. <laughs> or when you smoke or buy alcohol. or <laughs> When you vote. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, <sighs> I tried to pull out my license the last time I went to vote, and they were like, no, no, put that away. Put yep. that away. Yeah. Well, here in Pennsylvania, the, the very first time you show up at a polling station, they ask. And then every time thereafter, they don't. Like they have your face memorized or something? What's going on? I, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Here's, <laughs> how, here's how I look at it, actually. If voting is, you know, a, a, a right granted in the U.S. Constitution, uh-huh. and owning a gun is a right granted in yes. the U.S. Constitution. Nair, I say responsibility. And I would agree. But shouldn't any law that applies to one constitutionally granted right apply to all constitutionally granted rights? Uh, no. But, I mean, if I have no. to show an ID to buy a gun, shouldn't I have to show an ID to vote? Okay, there, yes. But let's not use that argument because um, you could then push that on... <laughs> you, obviously, you wouldn't have to show an ID to go to church, but it's the same idea like, okay, well, we have our quote-unquote rights and freedoms in the First Amendment Oh, no, let's not do that. Good point. <laughs> Slippery slope. That is the yes. point. Of... Okay, so, point I... <laughs> so Reagan in 1981 said that there were 20,000 gun laws. You say that uh, there's roughly 200,000. Um, the, the reality is that because federal law trumps state laws, a large majority of the state laws are worthless, no good, because they either coincide with or are or are trumped by the federal law. My best guess would be somewhere between five and 10,000 actually active laws on the books. But okay. that's still way too freaking many for something There's that no clearly to... says shall not be infringed. Right. I mean, okay. Will I grant you having to show your license? Yes, because you have to prove you're a citizen somehow. You have to show your license to buy it. Okay, I got you there. Should not be recorded. Should not be recorded. Now, would I also agree that a felon should not be allowed to legally buy guns? Sure. Yes, I do agree with that. Because you you had your rights taken away when you took the rights of somebody else away or whenever you committed the crime like that. Okay, got it. Yes. Beyond that, no. <laughs> I agree. There's, there's like a maximum of ten laws here that I could possibly say, okay, maybe. Yeah. And what's really funny, um, our progressive friends, our anti-gun friends that keep wanting to push all of these laws seem to, well, they, they basically refuse to enforce the laws on the books already. The, well, yeah, and that's why we have so many problems. Right. So the, the federal background check form that you fill out when you buy a gun from a gun shop, uh-huh. it's a yeah. felony to lie on that form. Yes, it is. In 2016, there was, I, I forget how many... 15,000 or something like that, mm -hmm. applications rejected because of false information on a form. 
why were they not then scooped up and then put into jail? How many of them do you think were prosecuted? Uh, zero. Twelve. Oh, I was close. You were. <laughs> you were really close. Twelve. That, I mean, so, I mean, if we're not going to enforce the laws that already exist, then, then why bother passing more? Uh, because it makes you look good. Does? Well, if you're a politician and you start passing laws, people think you're trying to do something. I would be more impressed with politicians getting rid of laws myself, but, you know. Uh, uh, yeah, I would as well, but that's not the normal societal idea. Normal societal idea. The current idea of society, going back to education for just a second, um, creeped in that uh, the the more progressive idea has creeped in over the past uh, 70 years um, as they slowly integrated themselves into um, our educational system and into our administrative system. That idea that the norm is that more government is better became became more and more and more viable for people, um, mainly just as, to it, once again, slow creep. That really was a boil frog scenario, and it currently is still. We're almost to the boiling point now. Oh, I agree. Um, I, I've gone from owning one firearm to owning, I'm just going to say more than one, because the government doesn't know how many I own. Uh, here in Pennsylvania, a, a person-to-person transfer of a long gun does not have to go through the background check stuff. So, right. So I have at least a couple that the government doesn't know about. So I will well, not say uh, on air how many I own. Pete, you're, you have zero guns. Zero. Well, no, you have I, zero. I have a couple that I bought from you know gun stores. That right, right, but you've you've lost them all in a boat a- boating accident. I mean. Oh, you know, the wife and I were just looking at round the world cruises. See. <laughs> uh, well, you just mentioned how you know mission creep into education and how education has changed the societal perception. Yeah. Are you ready mm-hmm. to talk about pedophile grooming? Oh, buddy. <laughs> Okay, so anybody who doesn't watch the you know sun, the uh, weekday morning talk shows and might not understand what the term grooming is, uh, <laughs> my wife loves those silly shows. All right, so grooming is when a pedophile takes a child that they intend to be a victim and yes. slowly and gradually ease them into it. Oh, yeah. this touch is okay. This touch is okay. Oh, don't bother with this thing in there. That's normal. So, But they do it slowly with love and affection, and the kid just thinks it's normal. Right. That's grooming. Yes. Okay. Um, would you call Planned Parenthood a conservative organization? I mean, so... If by conservative, you mean they, uh, no, I can't even come up with a good analogy for that one. No, no. 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 How about apolitical? No. Would they be an apolitical organization? Uh, no. Should politics no, be in not, school? They are not apolitical. No, they, they are very political, uh, highly political organization. Yes. Should politics be in, say, elementary school? Uh, no. no. Then why are we allowing Planned Parenthood to design and distribute sex education materials for elementary school students in the United States of America. Yeah, uh, 
No, that's not a good thing. I don't know why we're doing it, other than the fact that we have Democrats who are progressive and who believe in the edict of the original founder of Planned Parenthood. Um, <laughs> Margaret Sanger? Yeah, Margaret Sanger, who was very, very adamant and open about, you know, uh, there being you know one true uh, ethnicity and getting rid of and sterilizing the entire population of anybody who isn't what she considers as pure. Uh, yeah, uh, if that's the case, then yeah, there you go. And over-sexualizing our children and then telling them it's okay to kill a child uh, that is inside of their womb is just part of the next step. Uh, so backing up to Margaret Sanger for a minute, would you say that she believed in a master race? She did. She absolutely did. Zing Heil. <laughs> actually, she was one of the... Margaret Sanger was around the same time, wasn't she not? Um, and actually, uh, Hitler copied the eugenics platform from Margaret yeah, Sanger. Yeah, from Margaret Sanger. She was the one that they, that they utilized as, oh, look, look at America. Everything the Nazis used that was anything good propaganda-wise was from us. Right, right, right. Now, there couldn't possibly be a... a, a major political figure, maybe even a former presidential candidate who would have idolized somebody like that. Could there be? Yes. Uh, um, if you mean your the, the HRC, uh, yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. Hillary Clinton. Uh -huh. The Rodham. Yeah. Came right out and said that, that Margaret Sanger was one of her idols. Why, yeah. why aren't statements like that career-ending for politicians? Well, <laughs> short minds, short minds, short timelines. We uh, we live in a goldfish society. <laughs> a goldfish society. Yes, you understand what what happens with a gold. You could okay. Here's the thing: you feed a goldfish, right? Yeah, I have several. You feed a gold. Yes, okay. So you feed the goldfish. You feed them maybe once or twice a day, right? Yep. <laughs> Okay, now, here's the thing. If you feed a goldfish, wait five minutes, and then feed them again, and just keep repeating that cycle, they will literally kill themselves eating. Right, because they forgot that they just ate. Right. Yeah, I I'm aware. Yes. So, the American people are being groomed with the slippery slope, mission creep, boiling a frog scenario stuff. In so many different areas, it's, it's ridiculous. And, and going back to sexuality, we got Planned sure. Parenthood designing uh -huh. sex ed classes for elementary school children, which, uh -huh. A, um, elementary school, really? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, once again, I've got small children, and I can uh, assure you that even if, I was, uh, <laughs> even if I was trying to hide them away from it, which I was, it didn't matter. No, it doesn't. So, so, all right. Well, in my book, Progress, really? I talked about uh, sexuality a little bit, actually a chapter. And I talked about when I was a Boy Scout, Cub Scout, Boy Scout, in uh -huh. the 1980s. Yes. Big talk about whether or not the Boy Scouts, a private organization, a privately owned and operated nonprofit organization, was having the discussion of whether or not they should allow openly gay scouts and or scoutmasters into the Boy Scouts. In the 80s? In the 1980s. 
Yes, well, the eighties, the eighties was also the same time that you had the gay, uh, the gay disease. The gay um, disease. What? That's what was it? What was it called? <laughs> I'm sorry. That's what AIDS was called. It, it was called was, the gay it, disease. I remember, but you just threw me there for a second. Wasn't expecting it. Sorry. Okay. So <laughs> 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 uh, that's one of the reasons why they don't want to. They don't want to. Uh, progressives nowadays don't want to uh, put. Um, our wonderful president of the time in uh, in any sort of uh, platform or any sort of like position of uh, all because he referred to it as the gay disease. Yeah. But okay, so that was the 1980s, and now if you flash yeah. forward to the you know 2020, uh huh, the Boy Scouts allowed anybody to become scouts. They dropped the word boy from their name. Right. Allowed gay straight. Girls, boys, trans—they allowed anybody. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's all the same now. All the same. Every anybody can be a scout. My my youngest son went to World Jamboree, which uh, if you're a scout, that's a big deal. Should be anyway. Yeah. Uh, so he went to World Jamboree, and during their whole orientation thing, there was no sex, no sex, no sex, no sex. But there are condoms right over there. Every <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, every first aid station, every, the health services building, you know, at the orientation, they had free condoms. But no sex, no sex, no sex. That's a that's a very conflicted uh, misunderstanding there. Yeah, that's a little confusing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I think that pretty clearly points the slippery slope, frog boiling, mission creep grooming that happened to the Boy Scouts to the point of the Boy Scouts' demise. Well, yeah, they did, they're they're no longer the Boy Scouts. It's now just the Scouts, which technically is um, everything. It's now just girls, boys, whatever. And at this point, it's not even the Scouts anymore. Well, now they're bankrupt. Yeah, because didn't the Girl Scouts, uh, <laughs> didn't they send a lawsuit to them because they were taking the girls away from the Girl Scouts? Yes, yes, the Girl Scouts sued the, sued the Scouts no longer Boy Scouts, sued the Scouts. Uh, and, uh, um, of course, you know, that was just one lawsuit. There were hundreds filed from the 80s through the, the, the 2000 uh, for gay rights and transgenders and all wanting to be in the Scouts and suing, saying it was discriminatory, discriminatory to keep them out. It was a faith-based, privately owned, non-profit organization. They are allowed to discriminate. It's also no longer faith-based. Eh, not nearly as much as us, but you know they still. No, no. I, I don't care what you espouse. If you espouse something and then turn around literally and do the exact opposite, you're not faith based. True. Give you that. Uh, so yeah, they they progress has killed the Boy Scouts. The organization uh-huh. designed to take young boys and turn them into strong, independent young men, mm-hmm. and. Uh, now it's nothing like that. Nothing like that at all. But 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 to point it as a slippery slope, well, that would be conspiracy theory crap. Yeah, completely conspiracy theory. Completely. Completely. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Well, you know what? We're down to like a minute or something like that. And uh-huh. uh, let's uh, let's let's do some Patreon energy stuff. Sure. <laughs> Let me tell you about a new company with values that you can really get behind. Patriot Energy is a new 
veteran-owned company doing solar the right way. Take advantage of government incentives and, and cut your electric bill by 30 to 40% while buying your own system with no money down. Support a veteran-owned company, help the environment, and save money. Go to patriotenergyaz.org slash mojo50 for an estimate. You have choices when it comes to energy. Let Patriot Energy help you make the right choice for you. PatriotEnergyAZ.org slash Mojo50. Wow, that rant is completely out of time. Stephen Airy from Defenders Live, thank you for your time. We didn't get to OSHA or the EPA or Prohibition or any of the other ones I had written down. Thanks for coming to Liberty Lighthouse. Stephen Airy of Defenders Live, ladies and gentlemen. That's D-O-A-E-Show.com. And Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Great show. Uh, Stephen and, and uh, Dylan do a, well, they do a great job. It's, it's a lot of fun. It is a wonderful combination of current event news stuff, some historical information thrown in, and a whole lot of fun. They, they're, well, they're good. It's a good show. They do a good job of, of uh, adding humor. They play, they've been doing the show together for a few years, and they work well together. And you might be wondering why I cut him off already. Well, actually, I, uh, I truncated some silence and found about two more minutes of recording time. So I thought I'd make sure to plug their show, Defenders Live, D-O-A-E Show. Dot com and Mojo Five O Radio Monday through Friday at nine p.m. Eastern Time. So please check them out. Um, and while you're on the Webernats and you're going to doaeshow.com, don't forget to check out the Liberty-Lighthouse.com site. You can find my Liberty Minutes there, where I do sixty-second news headline reviews, sometimes snarky comments, uh, six days a week six mornings a week, and uh, well, you can find some blog posts that I may have written, you can find all kinds of fun stuff, including the Liberty Lighthouse store, where you can get your Liberty Lighthouse merchandise, and hit that support button, and become a supporter of the show, and uh, win some of that merchandise, so thank you all for listening, support Defenders Live, come back to the Liberty Lighthouse, Until next time, protect your liberties. Once they're gone, there's no getting them back. God bless America. Thanks for listening to Liberty Lighthouse with Peter Seraphine. Be sure to sign up at liberty-lighthouse.com to download Peter's free ebook from the file share page. And don't forget to call or text 64MYRIGHTS to leave comments for the show. That's 646-974-4487.